Something extraordinary with your life. Stop asking yourself what the least you need to do is and start asking yourself what's the most you can bear. Humans are capable of truly unbelievable things, but the reality is the way that we get better is by going through a simple process of adaptation. But what triggers the adaptation is stressors. It's doing things that are difficult. It's pushing yourself into a state of adapt or die. The body wants to conserve energy. So unless you put yourself in a state where the body absolutely feels like to survive, it must adapt, you're never going to change. And that's why only the most elite people end up achieving at the highest level because they take the time to shape themselves. They put the energy into getting better. They're willing to suffer. They're willing to push through and persevere. But until you're willing to do that, until you're willing to stop asking yourself what you can get away with, and start asking yourself, how far can I go? Just how much am I capable of? And when your fascination becomes that, when you start wondering just how much am I capable of, and every level that you achieve excites you to push harder and go farther and do more and bear more weight, then all of a sudden you really can begin to surpass other people. But it takes that, it takes a total shift of your mindset. You've got to be obsessed with just how far you can go. You have to be obsessed with finding your breaking point and then pushing beyond that. That is how you really begin to take advantage of the adaptation process. That's how you begin to improve. That's how you begin to build your body and build your mind is to push beyond your comfort zone. That is how you get great. At the end of the day, nobody sat their way to greatness. Nobody sat back and relaxed and became extraordinary. The only people who really achieve, the only way that humans are able to do the extraordinary things that we're able to do is by going to that breaking point and then beyond. But you have to find something in there that you want that badly. There's no way to just do it. You've got to find something in you that you believe in so much that you're willing to push yourself that hard. So you've got to construct a story about not only who you are, but what you can become. And when that narrative is so compelling, that it pushes you forward, then you will have the kind of change that you want in your life. But first, you have to believe that you can do it. You've got to put yourself out there. You've got to grind and work. But to do that, to work that hard, to make those kinds of changes, you've got to be willing to test yourself. You've got to be willing to look inside yourself and find out who you really are. You've got to be willing to stare nakedly at your inadequacies and be willing to push through them. You can't pretend. You've got to really look at your results and see if you're making the progress that you want to make. And that's where a lot of people fail. They lie to themselves. They want to get away with something. They want to see if anybody's looking. But the reality is the only thing that matters in this life. What do you think about yourself when you're by yourself? There's no campaigning. There's no convincing anybody. There's only the credibility that you've either earned with yourself or not. And the hard truth is that self-worth comes from doing something worthy. 
comes from the hard things. It comes from the suffering. It comes from persevering when things get difficult to know what you want and to stay that course even when everything else is trying to knock you off. So build that thing, build that thing in your life. Build that belief, know that you can do it and be willing to go through hell to get to the other side, to get to the person that you were always meant to be. It won't be easy, but it sure as hell is possible. face turned to the sun weight on my shoulders a bullet in my gun oh I got eyes in the back of my head just in case I have to run While the clouds roll back and the stars fill the night, that's when I'm gonna stand up, take my people with me. Together we are going to a brand new home. Far across the river, can you hear freedom calling, calling me to answer? Gonna keep on keeping on, I can feel it. 
good evening. How are you, world? All flavors chat room. Worldwide listeners. Tuning crew. WhatsApp crew. How are you doing, world? I am Wimbo77. And I am KJB. Good evening, listeners. How are you doing, KJB? I'm fine. Wonderful. Thank you very much for asking. I'm I'm not too bad. Not too bad at all. Lovely. So how was your day? My my day was was not too stressful. It was long, but not too stressful. Um, Seeing patients in the community is not always easy in this weather. Mm -hmm. It was Uh, very wet out today. It was very wet out today, but I made it. I am now sipping a cup of tea. And I have three Kit Kats on the side. Only small ones, though, not oh big dear. ones. Let's three get, let's Kit get. Kats. Wow. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> and I am um, on half term, so oh. I had a lot on today. Oh. And, um, yeah, got quite a, a bit done, which is great, because Productive. it's very hard trying having a day job and having your own thing going mm, as well. Mm, mm. It can get a bit, a, a lot. It can. But the, thing, <laughs> the main thing is, what you're telling me is that you've had a productive day. That's right. Very productive. And in line with that, just going on uh, the questions for today, our first question is, is morality relative to culture? We're going to look into that. And we've had quite a nice response there on Facebook with that question, as well as the scenario is, would you take out a loan for a person that you have fallen in love with after only a month? Okay. We're going to delve a little bit deeper into that question and go into your answers there on Facebook to see how you feel about that and whether you would or you would not. So, Kenny. Yes. We will, like I said, look into that in in a short while. Right. Okay. Into a short while, but look forward to it. Yeah, we're continuing on from last week, and I don't know if you recall that we were looking at um, looking at Africa facts. Okay. Facts from Africa. And um, yeah, so just continuing on. So there were 10 mind-blowing facts that we had. And the first one that we covered last week was that Africa is the second largest continent on the earth. Behind? Uh, it must be uh, North and South America. Okay, But I'm right. not too sure as to that because I know that Africa from my recollection was actually the biggest continent but that's can beg to differ okay. maybe maybe one of the listeners might be able to put a comment in there yeah and, yeah. and, and highlight that for us if you if, if you've got the answer just please drop us a line mm. we'll be more than interested to find out what what is the largest continent at the moment yeah so and also um number two was between it has between 1500 to 2000 languages spoken it says there's at least 3000 distinct ethnic groups in africa and around 2000 different languages are spoken and each of them has di- has different dialects while arabic is the language that is most widely spoken in africa followed by english and swahili french respectively it's quite interesting isn't it yeah because if you think english you can understand why english french hmm are there um, because of colonization yeah. uh, Swahili would have been the language that was there originally mm. so and obviously Arabic is worldwide yeah isn't it Arabic is spoken worldwide 
And that was probably from the groups because there's a large proportion of Africa that are Muslims. Mm, mm, so mm, the, I mm. think um, two of the main religions there are Muslim and Christianity, as well as their own religions as well, tribal religions. Yes, okay? yes, yes. Uh, but the fact is that there's 3,000 distinct ethnic groups, which is, that's a lot of people, which again shows that um, mankind came from Africa, out of Africa. 3,000 distinct ethnic groups. Wow. I don't think there's anywhere in the world that has that. Maybe there is, I don't know. I never really looked into it. But then it says between 1,500 and 2,000 languages are spoken. In Africa. That's, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah, it is. It is. Wow. That is a bl- mind-blowing fact, isn't it? It says, of over Himba and over Zimba tribes in northern Namibia, um, if we go by the records of the fossil remains in Africa, seems to be the first continent where humans were found. Well, just stated that, didn't we? Yes, we did say that because the above mentioned uh, the amount of distinct groups 3000 they mm. would you know the languages, the languages yeah, as well and ethnic groups yeah. so that does not surprise me that they would have they would find fossil remains in in, in africa seems to be the first continent where humans were actually found because civilization seems to have stemmed yeah from africa yeah. that's not been disproven anyway and it says that the, the that humans had inhabited the african continent around seven million years ago i find it quite interesting how they can go back and through fossils or and through rings on trees or through mm. carbon dating that they can take you back as far as seven million years yeah it be, it's interesting yeah how how accurate these ways of determining um how far back yeah a fossil goes would be interesting because that's something I haven't seen. Mm. It's something I've never witnessed. I know I've seen fossils in the museum. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but the, the way it's be, the way it's dated is something I've never seen before. It's quite so amazing. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see personally. Yeah, how how, how they get to those, those figures. Oh, sorry, how they get to those figures. It also highlights uh, number three, the, the the third fact that Africa is a source of the world's longest river. The Nile is the longest river in the world, approximately 4,258 miles. That's 6,853 kilometres long and passes flowing northward through 11 countries. That's Tanzania, Uganda, Rwanda, Burundi, Democratic of Congo, Republic of Congo, Kenya, Ethiopia, Eritrea, South Sudan, Sudan and Egypt. So that's from the top of Africa all the way down. All the way, all the way down, isn't it? Or from it? down all the way up uh, to Egypt. Mm, that's mm. the River Nile. That's amazing, isn't it? That's, and, and the River Nile is, is one of the most famous rivers in, in the world. Mm, yeah. One of the most famous. Everyone wants to travel on uh, Everybody, a cruise on the Nile. Every, that's, that, that is the ultimate, isn't it? Can yeah. you imagine being on the Nile cruising and like... It's kind of, it would be like taking you back. Yeah. Do you understand? It's like going back to a different time. Going back to a different time. You know, it would be amazing anyway. It would be absolutely amazing. And talking, talking of cruises, mm-hmm. just to mention on the 16th of July, All Flavours will be having a boat party 
So get your tickets, get get them in early. I'll post something into the chat and we'll give you a little bit more information about that a bit later on. Shouting out all the DJs as well. And we'll give uh, the DJs and the chat room a little shout in a little while. So the next fact is that Africa is home to the world's oldest university. That's interesting too, isn't it? No, you know what? That doesn't surprise me. Because yeah. when, you, when you think seven million years, yeah. fossils, seven million years, 3,000 different um, ethnic groups, yeah. 2,000 languages, it does not surprise me that it would have the oldest university. Mm. And it says it's, it's the oldest existing and continually operational educational institution in the world. And this is the University Korean, Athens of Africa, founded in 859 AD by Fatima al-Firi in Fez, Morocco, and was originally a madrasa. What is a madrasa? It says the University of Bologna, Italy, was founded in 1088 and is the oldest one in Europe. So I've got to find out what uh, a madrasa is. I think a madrasa is like a, a kind of mosque. If I recall, because I, I like to watch those... Um, those, yes, yes Islamic was, religious school. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a feeling I, I like to watch those documentaries on Egypt. Mm, mm, and I recall... Mm hearing that as well um seeing seeing the way that they built this place as well this university of corinne so oldest so it has the longest river yeah has over no up to 2000 languages spoken it is the second largest african continent it would it it's the uh, the, the first known civilization yeah, first known civilization is home to the world's oldest university. And it also says, um, fact number five, that the richest man who ever lived is African. Yeah, and Ma- we, yeah Masa Musa. We know that we covered him on the show, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, Musa yeah. of Mali. And he was considered one of the richest men in history. So the 10th emperor of the Mali Empire. It also, number six, what's the number six? The world's largest and hottest desert is is in Africa. Mm. And do you know what that desert is? Sahara, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Sahara. But did you know that the Sahara was not a desert? No, I, what, originally? Yeah, I, origi- I, I originally it was it was it was green and lush. Yes. It was green and lush. But until... I think the Romans came and um destroyed it. Yes. That's right. They Chopped all the trees down. If you know about the, not story, or in the Bible, when it speaks about when they made the fortification around Jerusalem. That's right. That is what happened there. That fortification, that's where they took a lot of the the wood from. And that was the Sahara Desert. But it is the world's largest and hottest desert in Africa. Um, It says there that it's the third largest desert overall after antarctica and arctic so but that's covered with snow although the the snow caps are melting mm-hmm. and which are the, they're the coldest deserts but at 3.6 million square miles that's a lot of mileage isn't it kenny it is amazing um yeah that's 9.4 square mil- kilometers bigger than the entire usa wow and it covers 11 countries oh so what are those countries algeria chad egypt liberia uh, Mali, 
Mauritius. Mauritania. Mauritania. Oops, get my teeth in. <laughs> Morocco. <laughs> Morocco. We're talking about Africa, and I should know mm. that. Niger, Western Sahara, Sudan, and Tunisia. Wow. And we've been there. I didn't know that the yeah because they have they have the the cart things, isn't it? The yeah, they have bikes. the dune buggies. That's it. The dune buggies, which you can use oh. and, and and go for a little ride in the Sahara. So again, one side full of water, on uh, on the west side, or is that never east side, and one side full of or the centrally full of sand, the Sahara Desert. Okay, so the world's Largest, tallest, and fastest animals come from Africa. Wow. Yeah. So the elef- African elephant is the largest land animal. And then they have giraffes. The world's tallest animal is a giraffe. Uh, male giraffes can reach up to six metres in height, while females can reach for 0.6 metres. That's really tall. That's still very tall, isn't it? We've seen, I've, I mean, I've not... We've not been on safari, have we? No, been to the zoo, though. But yeah, I was going to say that. Been to, been to the zoo and seen them in the zoo. And yeah, they are very tall. And it says the fastest land... What is the fastest land animal? Can anyone out there tell us what the fastest land animal is? It speeds up to around 60 miles per hour. That's 90.5... 96.5 km, kilometres per hour. We're not even allowed to do that speed... In the car. I know, I know. 60 miles, it's a 20 mile zone. So, well, now so 20 miles. can you imagine if you, just imagine you in Africa and you could only go 20 miles an hour, but mm. a cheetah can go 60 miles, and a cheetah can go 60 miles an hour. It wouldn't be no competition, That's three it? times slower. 20 miles, a, 20 miles an hour, which we've got to drive these days, is three times slower than 60 mm. miles. Even on the motorway, the speed limit is 70, isn't it? yeah. So that's just 10 miles quicker. That's not, literally, can you imagine 70 on the motorway and you can imagine see a cheetah, like, it'd be amazing. It's amazing. Maybe try that next time. Next time you're on the motorway, try driving at 60. Yeah, And not just imagine you're a cheetah and that's exactly how fast you're going to be going. So, Blackoons, Bridge Bungee, I don't know what that's about. Number nine. It says the world's themed resort hotel is found in Africa. The, the world's f- most, the world's themed rest- resort. resort hotel. Wow. And that's Sun City, isn't it? Sun City. I've never heard of it. In South Africa. I've heard of it. I've, I've, I have heard of Sun City. Okay. I have heard it. I have heard of Sun City. I've, obviously, it's, it's just, I've heard it in name only. Mm. But I've never gone online to actually check it out and have a look at it. Yeah, it says the paradise of the lost city, the palace of the lost city is the world's biggest theme resort. And that's located in South Africa. Mm. As well as Africa is home to the largest wildlife immigration on Earth. So the Serengeti, Tanzania, hosts the world's largest wildlife migration on Earth with over 750,000 zebras marching ahead of 1.2 million wildebeest as they cross this amazing landscape and we know we lo- we watch all those uh, thank we thank david attenborough taking us sometimes to these places because we would never or begin to imagine what it's like you know to it's a world of wonder well he's he, africa he, he, he David Attenborough was one of the first 
uh, naturist that I, would, I, I watched mm. and he kind of brought all that into our living rooms. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, he brought it in in a way that you could really escape in it. It was amazing. Some of the, some of the, the, the camera angles yeah. and the photography is absolutely amazing. Obviously now it's even more amazing because the technology has improved yes. further. Um, but seeing that mass um, migration, migration and just watching it, you could you can only imagine what it'd be like to actually be there live watching that. Mm, seeing amazing, that. absolutely amazing. And you are right, Chanel. It is the cheetah. The cheetah is the fastest animal on earth. Can go up to sixty miles an hour. That's a lot faster than what we can drive in London at twenty miles per hour. So just some facts there about Africa. The ten facts, and I think they're quite amazing facts. Should we just go over them quickly again? Yeah, yeah why not? Let's 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 run them down. One one number one. Africa is the second largest continent on the earth. Number two. Number two. Um, oh, between there's between one fifteen hundred and two thousand languages are spoken in Africa alone. Yeah, it has the longest river, which is the River Nile. Yeah, as well as Africa is home to the world's oldest university. Yeah, the richest man. Ever is African, Mansa Musa. We covered him on the show a long, a little while mm. ago. The world's largest, hottest desert is in Africa, and we know it is the Sahara. Yes, the Sahara is the longest, um, largest, hottest desert compared to Antarctica and the Arctic, which are cold deserts. Never thought of it like that, but that's mm. what they are. Number seven. The world's largest, tallest, and fastest animals come from Africa. Wow. Yeah. So what's the, the biggest one? The biggest one is a giraffe. No, 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 no. No. Biggest land animal. Oh, the biggest land animal has got to be an elephant, isn't it? It was the elephant. The elephant. Sorry. And six, the tallest. Six tons. Tallest is the giraffe. Tallest was the giraffe. And um, the fastest was the cheetah. Well done, Chanel. And the world's themed resort. Is Sun City in South Africa. South Africa. And number 10. Uh... Africa is home to the largest wildlife immigration, immigration on earth, which yeah. is the Serengeti, and that's based in Tanzania. Tanzania, that's right. So I think that's why a lot of people, when they go on safari, they'll go to East Africa, yeah. like Kenya, Kenya Tanzania. Tanzania, Uganda. That's the place that you'll find a lot of this wildlife. Just imagine, I, I know when we go to Africa and the, the monkeys come, I, I, I always find that quite fascinating when you just seeing the monkey just right there just with its babies just walking past and that i i love that just i mean i won't go near them because you don't know if they bit you or something they can be quite aggressive but just seeing them in their kind of natural habitat and just being able such things as vultures as well i think we've seen out there as well but it's just it's just not it's just you as you can see we see we see like buff not buffalo the cows and Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think I think it's just the way the way that man and 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 animals have, have learned to coexist. Yeah, that's what it shows me. But I think in Africa, it's it's more of a co- better coexistence. Although, I mean, man, we are we are destroying this earth. We really, really are, and that's pretty sad when we when you know when I, we look at that. I think yeah, I, but I think what I'm noticing now that people are becoming more and more aware of their own own impact on mm. the planet. Yeah. I think people are trying to do more um, 
and there are and 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 that's so important because the generations that are going to come after us we've got to leave uh, them something we've got to leave them something so i think people are beginning to be a bit more aware mm. and in tune with the planet and they are and some people are trying to change how they manage their lifestyle regarding the planet yeah the impact that we're all having so, so I I often are trying. i often ask what is our green footprint you know what? What impact are we having? The small, in our small, tiny little bubble of a world, what impact are we making? What are we doing, in order to make sure that we're looking after our planet Earth? Yeah. And we've just looked at one country, one continent, or one continent, should continent, I say, one that has fifty-four <laughs> districts or countries within there, and that is Africa, an amazing place. If you ever get the chance, you would never feel. <laughs> Or regret going. Well, hopefully, hopefully, them facts, although we've just touched on them, will help people or get people thinking Mm. if they haven't been to maybe consider it. All right, beautiful people, we'll see y'all in five. This is the station with all your music in one place. It happens once a year. V Pi C and Affair, TC Ford's birthday party. Saturday, 26th of February, 2022. Aboard the MV Golden Flight. Leaving Temple Pier, 7 p.m. sharp. Arriving back at midnight. Birthday cake and loads of giveaways on the night. Music from A-listed DJs, Alan Brando, Swaby Irie, DJ Pepper, Chairman of the Board, DJ Legs and the Birthday Boy, TC Fords. Tickets early by 25, standard 30, VIP 35 pounds. Available from shubs.com or eventbrite.co.uk. If it's your birthday, celebrate with us. Call 075 Double one two seven two double two seven. Supported by Slam Radio and Discount Cars and Van Rental. Have you ever wondered if you could foster? Not every foster child has the best start in life. And when most people can only see their past, it takes someone like you to see their future. You can change their story. You can be the difference in their life. Fostering, a rewarding career with excellent pay. On average, £450 per week per child. Text FOSTER to 82727 or visit bythebridge.co.uk. We are by the bridge. We are fostering. Crystal, crystal clear. 100% solution. Produced locally. Makes me feel so proud. Free and a proud recipient of the 2018 and 2019 Grand Gold Month Selection Quality Award. Our choice is clear, crystal clear. Broadcasting worldwide, online, 24/7. It will be ours. It will be ours. Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be sure. No man, no weapon Formed against, yes, glory is destined Everyday women and men become legends Sins that go against our skin become blessings The movement is a rhythm to us Freedom is like religion to us 
Justice is juxtaposition in us. Justice for all just ain't specific enough. Once sun die, the spirit is revisiting us. True and living, living in us. Resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walk through Ferguson with our hands up. When it go down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots be on the ground. The camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day when the glory comes, it will be ours. It will be And a good evening to the chat room crew. We will be sure. Schnell Taylor. We will be sure. Chrissy, how are you doing, Chrissy? Oh, Mumra, hope you had a good day. Oh, Joy McKay. Oh, that rhymed. I'm saying a big high five to Mark Filji. Good stuff last night. Alongside DJ Slim. And LJ Original. And also saying hi to George Flavors, Sal Malaysia, Guest 210, Guest 224, and Guest number 8. Every man, woman, and child, even Jesus. We actually have a theme going through the show tonight. With the torch, we gon' run with it now. Can you guess what it is? We done gone hundreds of miles from dark roads, heroes, to become a hero. Facing the league of justice, his power was the people. Enemy is lethal, a king became regal. Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego. The biggest weapon. It's to stay peaceful, we sing Our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win the war individually It take the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day when the glory comes Smile even though it's breaking 
When there are clouds in the sky, you'll get by. If you smile through your fear and sorrow, smile and maybe tomorrow you'll see the sun come shining through for you. And that still sounds as sweet as the day that he made that song. Smile, smile though your heart is aching. And today, on February the 15th, we lost a great king. That is Nat King Cole, 1919 to 1965. So he's a jazz pianist. We're going to play another one from, from um, Nat King Cole as we speak, because it's nice to have him in the background there. And he was a jazz pianist and popular singer, Nathaniel Adam Coles, born into a musical family in Montgomery, Alabama, on March the 17th, 1919. His mother, Perlina, was a choir director and his, his father, Edwards Baptist Church. And so he had three brothers, Edward, Ike and Freddie, and became a professional musician. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he also had a half-sister named Joyce. And then the family moved to Chicago, Illinois in 1923, where Cole started playing the piano. At age four, he organised his first jazz group, the Musical Dukes, in his teens. So he was quite... Uh, what's the word? Oh, I can't think of the word. A hard worker from four playing piano and then starting up his first jazz group well yeah you can understand his love 
for music mm. because he, he, he his mum was in a church and a choir director. Um, his dad was in the Baptist church who would have obviously Baptist, they would have, would have had music, maybe his brothers, yeah. half sister. So you can imagine music would have played a massive central, central role in his upbringing, especially mm. not coming from Alabama, which was deep south back then, yeah. which yeah. wouldn't have been the easiest place to, to be born and raised. It wasn't for him as we'll yeah. go on to see that even in his hometown, like it said, we always say that he was not celebrated in his hometown and we'll go on and, and see the reason why. But quite innovative young man, at, you know, starting his own band called the Musical Dukes in his teens. And we could, we just heard a couple of songs with with him singing. And he did have a unique style of singing, didn't he? Like was he, he had such a silk, just just a beautiful tone. Yeah, they said it was like velvet yeah, and silk. Yeah, he just had a, such a wonderful tone. Yeah, um, I think a lot of singers would have been influenced by him, mm. um, although they may not have. He may not have been at this this stage. Well, now obviously you know, nineteen sixty five. We're saying two thousand. very different. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it? two thousand and twenty. But I think a lot of musicians would have, would have kind of taken some of, of his style. Mm, definitely. You, know, you, you think of people like Michael Bluebley. Yeah. Who's very much in this, in in this kind of. He's just he he's very much this kind of Nat King Cole. But yeah. Nat King Cole came first. But what 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 was that three? There was three pack. Sammy Davis was it Sammy? Oh, Davis? the Rat Pack. Yeah, the Rat they were Pack. Pretty similar, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they were very similar. That was that would have been near yeah, Sammy, Sammy Davis Jr., Frank Sinatra, mm. and D. Martin. Yeah, so he must have had an influence on them. I think more than likely had an influence well, on them. Definitely on Sammy Davis. I would yeah. say Sammy Davis Jr. I definitely would have thought that. But definitely. don't don't get it twisted. A lot of those white singers used to mimic. Don't forget they used to have, they'd even have a black person singing behind a curtain and the white person miming to that person singing. Well, you see that in some of the films. If you, if we go back to some of the early black and white films. Yeah. And, and, the, and, and, the, and the singing. Clearly, if, you, if you've got an ear for a voice, um, you, quite, you could quite distinctly hear that the person in front of you may not be singing. <laughs> Yes, yeah. But it says that Cole applied his voice to the corniest and the most sublime of material. He was also an arranger and a musical director and formed his instrumental group called the King Trio in 1939 in Los Angeles, which attracted wide attention in 1943 with their recording Straighten Up and Fly Right. And interestingly, the, so the sound was reportedly based on an African-American folktale that Cole's father used on the basis of one of his sermons. And he began to, um, Nat began to concentrate more on singing, backed by a larger orchestra. That was in 1948 to 1949, and he even had his own radio show. So by 1952, he was singing more, but he was playing and recorded one such as Stardust and Ain't Misbehaving. Did any of you grow up on, on Nat King Cole? Um, I'm sure that all of us had some form of influence of Nat King Cole growing up. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I, love, I used to love Nat King Cole and our son. Mm. 
Our son used to sing that King Cole. <laughs> he did, didn't he, Mars? Yeah. Yeah, so it said he had a string of hits in the 1950s, including When I Fall in Love, Where Can I Go, Love Letters, Mona Lisa, and Unforgettable. The funny thing is, though, he, despite being successful, he faced racism in and outside of South, the South. So that was going back to what we spoke about up the top there, about mm. him coming from Alabama. Um, it says in 1950 he purchased a house for his family, but it was in an all-white neighbourhood. Now, remember, this is in the 50s. So, all-white neighbourhood. We've seen that one that Lily and I were speaking about. What was that um, film where the, it was a black couple that moved to... Yes, I can't remember it. ...an all-white neighbourhood. Yeah, I appreciate this, the film that you're talking yeah. about. I can't remember. Top of my head, I can't remember it. And they tried to kick them out. But in his case, the Ku Klux Klan burnt a cross on his lawn. Which doesn't surprise us because we know the 50s and early 60s was full mm. of these kind of incidents. And that was in the state of Alabama where he came from. Yes, yes. So, it, go on, go on. No. no, but so, yeah. So these things would have would have occurred. Um, like you said, he was a he was successful artist in his own right. But mm. wasn't seen as a success by, um, everybody. For, for, by everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And sadly, even he performed in Cuba, it said, but the hotel wouldn't let him stay there. But then when he returned and he sang all of his, he would sing songs in Spanish. They now, that same Hotel Nacional, he, he has a statue in there. Um, yeah. First African, he was also the first African entertainer. Um, to have his own television show. But sadly, again... Yeah, because at the end of the day, um, back then, when you had a show on TV, it had to be sponsored. Yes. You had to have a sponsor. Otherwise, your show wouldn't run because you have to generate the, the, the income money. in order yeah. to, 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 to keep your show, show alive. Um, but because of who he was, not who he was as an entertainer, but the kind of tune, because of the colour of his skin, sponsors would not yeah. um, put up the capital for him to continue with the show. So it only lasted a season. Yeah, well, I don't know how long a season it. was, but it only lasted a season just because they refused. The sponsorship. Yeah. 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 That's quite sad. And it says even so he had that on that side, people, Ku Klux Klan, burning crosses on his lawn. But on the other side, where you think that people would be happy for him, his own people, yeah, they said that co his actions were often controversial amongst the African-American community. Mm. So claiming that he had taken part in, uh, that he hadn't taken part in civil rights protests. And then when he was attacked by white supremacists in Birmingham 1956, at the same time, he did contribute to civil rights causes so we've spoken about on this show the Montgomery bus boycott. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he filed law lawsuits against hotels that refused to serve him. So the uh, 1950s was still the Jim Crow era. So he filed lawsuits against those people. Yeah. Mm. And still audience, audience disturbed black, black it, it, his performances disturbed black activists. It disturbed black activists because mm. it was for a Jim Crow audience. It was yeah. an all-white audience. Yeah. But that wasn't his fault. No. He, he, at the end of the day, back then, if you were booked to do a show, you had to do the show. Yeah. A bit like um, uh, Billie Holiday wanting to 
work Carnegie Hall because mm. she was black. She they she even sat in front of them and they didn't call her up to sing. Mm. So mm. they had to go through these things. And it, although you, sometimes we're not on the front lines, we don't always have to be on the front lines mm. to be a, a part of the cause. Yet our own people couldn't see that he was fighting lawsuits here. He did um, attend the Montgomery bus boycott. Um, he did file lawsuits against these um, hotels that refused service. Yet our brothers, because he performed for these people, you had needed somewhere to stay, and all black audiences didn't like it. Well, that's obvious. Yeah. That's obviously black audience wouldn't like it, but they got to understand. We got to understand the nature of the times that yeah. he lived in, and they they actually labelled him an Uncle Tom. Which is quite sad. Which is, it's sad, it's sad. But unfortunately, back then, there was no middle ground. Yeah. You was, you was either uh, for civil rights or you were an Uncle Tom. Right, there, there was the, the Yeah, thing. there was no in between. Yeah. And that was the issue, unfortunately. He got caught in the middle. Mm. So, so the Amsterdam News saw Cole as an insult to his race. And such ac- accusations were obvious overstatements, but recognising their concerns, Cole finally joined other entertainers in refusing to perform before segregated audiences. So that, again, he stood up. So we can see that he was on the side of his people because he did, in the end, join, refuse to perform before segregated um, mm. audiences. Mm. And it says in 1956, he performed at the Republican National Convention and in 1960 at the Democratic National Convention. Mm. So he he also performed in films and stuff as well, didn't he? Yeah, he was he was in a couple of films. I, now I haven't seen these films. Maybe somebody has. There's one called China Gate in 1957, mm. and Cat Baloo, which I think was a musical in 1965. But someone can correct me if 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 I'm if I'm wrong. I'm just I'm just I think that was a, a musical anyway. Yeah. He won oh, numerous awards as well. Yeah. Uh, numerous awards. Um, he was a. <laughs> <laughs> he was an avid smoker, which I didn't realize. I didn't know that until then, you know. And he died of lung cancer in Santa Monica, California, on February fifteenth, nineteen sixty-five. He was forty-five was at the time, young, of, time of his death. But I guess back then, the the smoking was when he him growing up in the time he did smoking was always seen as cool. And that's what the name of the brand of cigarettes was cool. Interesting, isn't cool it? Cool cigarettes that killed him. He yeah. died of lung cancer from the smoking. Mm, mm. And, and, I, and I think, obviously, when you think about the time he was in, they wouldn't just be smoking outside, they were smoking inside. Mm. There was, they smoked everywhere, basically oh. everywhere. So uh, I, you can imagine secondhand smoke plus he's smoking things. on top of that. Yeah. You can, you can, you know. And that's the funny thing I remember back in, it was 90s, and when I used to do venues... And this was before, the, you know, the trumpet player that died of cancer. Oh, Michael Ball. Yeah. Ball, yeah. He, he used to play in these smoky venues. And that's when they brought in the law about no... So I was I had a party when they said no smoking inside because you'd come home stinking of cigarettes. Yeah, I, rem- I remember something because we used to... I used to come with you on yeah, some of these gigs. Awful. And you'd go in smelling beautifully. <laughs> You'd be had your bath, put your aftershave, you know, in clean, and then you'd come out sm- smelling like a factory. Yeah, and then so you're, you know, you've got all that si- secondhand smoke plus yeah. you're smoking cigarettes. Yes, 
that's not very good for your health. And that's right. Yes, um, naturally, Lily, it was called miming. They mimed behind the curtain, um, you know, back in the day when... <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And like I said, if you you got to watch these films. Now, I, I watch these films. I've yeah. watched some of these films. And if you if you kind of kind of really look at it properly, yeah, you'll notice that sometimes the person who is meant to be singing is yeah. not necessarily singing. The voice doesn't match the face. I'm hey, <laughs> and I saw something on that called Avril Lavigne, Lavigne, Avril Lavigne, that they've replaced her with a lookalike because she didn't like the fame. So they've actually replaced her with someone else, but that's for another day. That's yeah, yeah, that's that's a day. whole different conversation. Then. Yes, we're it going, is. We're going, we're going is. off topic. Yeah. So Nat King Cole, he passed away today. Um, today is February the fifteenth, but we're in twenty twenty two. He passed away in nineteen sixty five, and his daughter, Nat King, Nat, Natalie Cole. Natalie Cole. That's yes, right. That's his she, she she also became a. Uh, a singer songwriter in her in her yes, own right. She did, she did. So we're going to play one track for you, um, with the both of them singing, and it's such a beautiful song that we we just need to play it. So we'll see y'all in five. That's what you are Unforgettable Though near or far Like a song of love That clings to me How the thought of you does things to me Never before has someone been there Unforgettable in every way And forevermore And forevermore That's how you'll stay Yes, you know when it's good, you've got to take it back. And that's a rewind. Unforgettable. For Marjack. That's what you are. Unforgettable. Don't need Like a song of love that clings to me How the thought of you does things to me 
never before Has someone been there Laro from 8 till 10 tonight. Joy McKay. Mark Philogene from Bremen. And how are you doing naturally, Lily? That's how you stay. That's how you stay. That's why Shout out Marjak, so Anisha, Tai Tai, Issa, and Naya. Sending big love to John John. And that was the sound of Unforgettable, Natkin Cole. And his daughter, what beautiful rendition. Yeah, gone but never, never, his music will never be forgotten. It's really inspired a lot of musicians out there. I definitely think that. Yeah, and when, I guess when you leave a legacy, it lives on. Definitely. And all of these great musicians that we listen to on regular basis, that their music will never, ever die because it's timeless. That's what I always say, it's timeless. And and it keeps... And it, and it, this type of music is the basis of a lot of music we're hearing today. It certainly is. It's the is. forerunner. The f- it was the forerunner. Yeah. So it, it can't is. be forgotten. It will always be here. Yeah. Thank you, Lily. It is true, isn't it? It's lovely. Loving the music. All right. So a word of the day, Ken. And should we just ask our questions again? What the questions are? Yeah. Let's refresh our listeners. Yeah. So we've got the questions at the top of the hour are going to be, is morality relative to culture? As well as, would you take out a loan for a person that you have fallen in love with after only a month? Yeah, so is morality relative to culture? And would you take out a loan for a person that you have fallen in love with only after only a month? But our word of the day, what's the word of the day? 
Word of the day is meander. Ooh. And which means, meander means to wander aimlessly or casually or to follow a winding... Or intricate course. Or, or intricate course. Thank well, you. I really have a feeling that Lee, Lily and I have done a word that means exactly the same thing i think you have before. i think i think over 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 the weeks this word of the day yeah some of them have been this is the first one i've kind of like i'm sure we've kind of covered a word similar not the similar, same but yes. similar yes yes we have covered something similar um, to, to meander the couple spent the afternoon meandering around the seaside town just just taking their time and just casually wandering aimlessly and that's what you kind of do when you're away on holiday, right? Well, that's the whole point. That's what holiday's <laughs> for, isn't it? Yeah, to take your time. Take your time. And meander through the canyon. Yeah. You know, or the stream meanders through the canyon. Yeah, and just follow the stream and meander, remembering to know where you're going, which, you know, how to get back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you always, isn't it crazy how you always find your way back home? Well, you got to, isn't it? Because you have to eat. You have to drink. Yeah. You have to get back, innit? You've got you, to find your way back. You always find your I've, way back home. Yeah, otherwise you starve. Yeah. Well, not necessarily. Not starve, but you, you, you're you going to get, you know what I mean? When you when you go out and meander, you either take stuff with you or you meander and try to find somewhere. Because Hansel and Gretel, they meandered, but they left breadcrumbs behind them, didn't they? There you go, you see? But the birds ate up the breadcrumbs and they ended up at the witch's house and then they ended up being dinner. There you go. So meander, <laughs> in context, meander can, can be, a, it's a wonderful thing, but mm. also from that from that highlighted clip there of Hans Gressel, it, <laughs> it can be a dangerous thing. <laughs> so meander in context then, seeking a res- respite from the frantic pace of the digital world, we turn to the unwinding and other dreamings. We meander to the pages absorbed in peaceful fragments of prose and more. What's that? Morris? And watercolours. Morris's elaborate watercolours. Well, I don't know That's about that. Julian Ray and Sam Matheson, the Michigan Daily. Mm-hmm. Seeking respite from the frantic pace of digital world, we turn to the unwinding and other dreamings. We meandered through the pages absorbed in peaceful fragments of prose and Morris's elaborate watercolour. So they, they meander, they took their time looking through magazines. That's, inter- that's an, interesting, mm. an interesting point, actually, because life is so far fast-paced. Yeah. Um, do, we, do we meander? Are there times in the day or points in our life when we do reflect and have time mm. away from the, our mobile phones, our devices, our work? Do we actually take meander? Time. Take yeah. the time and meander. Do we do we do that? Take time if you can go for a walk. I've not. I mean, we've not gone for a walk in a while. It's been I'm cold. It. I know, but I might just go for one tomorrow. Cold. It's cold and rainy. And meander down the lane. Who knows? Because sometimes we do. You're right, Kenny. We do have to take the time out, and it's finding the time to take the time out. We have to put the meander. Back in our life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is that right, Lily? Could you let us know, please? <laughs> yeah, so there you go. The word of the day is meander. And just going back to those questions, you know, is morality relative to culture? And would you take out a loan for a person that you have fallen in love with? Now, I think... After a month, after only a after month. After only a month. I think we're gonna, we'll cover that question first. 
because it's in line with something that we saw on Netflix and it's called The Tinder Swindler. Now, pardon? Yeah. So The Tinder Swindler is a man that swindled a lot of women out of their hard-earned cash and he done it in such a way that... Uh, uh, Kenny, give us some background. Well, he, he was he was an Israeli national. Yes. He, he, he originally came from that, that part of the world. He emigrated. Um, he wanted to get away from his life, so he took a pseudonym. He, he was under a, a false name. And what he did... He began his career forging um, checks. checks, stealing checks, got caught, decided to, 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 to make a run for it. And he used a, a pseudonym, came onto a different name. And he used that name to then go on a dating website, mm. which is called Tinder. Tinder. A lot of people would, would know it. After he went on Tinder, what he then decided to do was meet up with eligible single females. Yeah, and what he then did, he would basically get them into his confidence. Yeah, we can say that. By, um, can I just say there by expressing that he was a billionaire and had a billionaire lifestyle? Yes, and he put he he would post pictures. He would post um, uh, on he gave he put, he put up a post of a company. Yeah, the Levine Diamond Company. Which he said he was a descendant of, an heir or a descendant of. Yeah. And he would use that leverage to get women to give him financial assistance and backing. Part with their hard-earned cash, now on Tinder. And Levine, he was very smooth because what he'd do is that he would get women to take out loans, that they'd give him his life savings. I mean, I know it sounds really absurd. It sounds, no, this this can't be true, but it's a true story. Seriously, it's a true story. And um, he would have lived this lavish lifestyle, live this lavish lifestyle off of the money that these women were giving him. Now, the documentary, it's a documentary on Netflix. It goes into say, well, it shows us only three of the women that he, what's the word called? He embezzled money from. He embezzled money from. And they're they're still paying for their debts down to today. Sadly, I mean, on Facebook, a lot of people have said, no, they they wouldn't have done it. Uh, Chanel says I've always been told no matter how much you love someone that's something you should never do and Hugh um, McClory says you're nuts yeah and Asha says I wouldn't take out a loan but could easily give over 2,000 so that's just one person there that said that they actually would give someone some money and then most people are saying no absolutely not but 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 in 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 defense of these women, he he did show them a lifestyle mm. that they had not seen before. Yeah, and so they were taken in by the pretense of that lifestyle because he would fly whisk them off in his private in jet. his private jet. He yes. would whisk them off in in a chauffeur driven car. 
best would, hotels best hotels so they were unaware how he was paying for these things but mm. they just assumed that he was who he said he was yeah um so and one of the women literally after a month of knowing yeah. this guy um basically gave him gave her cash gave him cash yeah so she first off she got uh and the sad thing is that he got her to take out because he'd what he'd say is oh I've got people after me and I need this money, but don't worry, I'm good. I will give it back to you by the end of the week or so and so forth. So she took out um, an American Express card, for instance, in her name and basically sent that to him and he maxed it out. Then she took out loans. I think I think it was about three million. Was it three million that he embezzled from, from her? Not from her. But from all of the women put no, together. 10, 10 million. 10 million. 10 million pounds. 10, 10 million euros, I think it was. 10 million euros. Because yeah. Euro- it was European and it's Scandinavian. So, um, yeah, but women. some of them lived in London. L- yeah, some of them. So it was about, t- yeah, yeah. 10, 10 million. 10 million. So yeah, it was, guys, you've got to check it out. The Tinder Swindler. I kid you not. It's like Chanel says, some people have sense to say no. And a lot of people in the Facebook chat have said no but what are your thoughts on it give us a call 07895134713 that's 07895134713 does make does love make you dumb and you're just ready to hand over your your, your hard-earned cash i don't think love makes you dumb i think love can make you do things that you wouldn't ordinarily do because you're not think you're not thinking logically you're thinking emotionally yeah and that's what i mean that's how he got them because there was one woman that she wasn't even in love with him, but he'd won her confidence to the point of being her friend. And she took her life savings, 30,000. That she had saved. That she'd saved and gave it to him. Plus she took a loan on top of that. That was 30,000 pounds that she was going to buy a house with. Buy a house with, yeah. But she went and gave him the money. And a lot of these women are still paying back the money that they've loaned from the bank. Yeah, but but w- w- if you get the opportunity to watch the doc- documentary, we, we we seriously encourage you to watch it. Yeah. So it gives you a better idea of 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 the situations that these women were facing. But he was promising them a lifestyle, not just a lifestyle, but he was encouraging them by saying, "I do love you. Mm. I want to set up home with you. I want to have a family." So it was giving them a sense of security. Yeah, and. And basically, it was drawing them in to a relationship of trust. Yeah. Once he had their trust, he was able to manipulate them in order to get wow. that, to get those kind of. He um, bamboozled yeah, them. Yeah, it's, it's trust, isn't it? It's trust. Mm. He was able to get that that trust, which is the most important thing. Once you got a person's trust, it allows you then to manipulate the person. Do you think so? Yes. Because I'm sorry. Whether someone's got my trust or not, no one's gonna. That's you, got you to though. Know, That's you. Yeah, like you. red flags. Come on, there must have been red flags. I mean, ah. on the first date, can I just say this? Like on the first, the woman. So remember, it's on Tinder. She met him on Tinder. So she sent out, liked his post. Like apparently, you like or you don't like. She liked his post, so straight away, um, he he liked her back and then he said within a space of an hour he says oh can I meet you within the space of the hour they was having tea at the Four Seasons in London 
And then he whisked her away, said, oh, listen, come, come with me. Come, I'm going to whatever country he was going to. And he literally paid for her ticket. He uh, took her on his private jet, took his chauffeur-driven car to take her home to get to grab a case. She's not thinking. She's just thinking, oh, wow, you know. This is what I'm saying to you. Once, once he showed her a lifestyle that she was opened up to, which ordinarily yeah. she wouldn't have, have ever imagined a lifestyle like that. So mm. she was curious. It's, so she, so once that curiosity was raised, it then became an element of trust. Right. So she took the bag. She thought that her friends were saying, well, like, you don't even, do you really know this guy? He, he could kidnap you. This could happen to you. Yeah. But she felt so comfortable mm. in his presence yeah. that she was willing to risk that she was her willing. own personal safety to go with this guy that and she, she was even willing to go and sleep with him yes she did on the same on the they same hadn't day. even known each other 24 hours i mean is that the culture these days maybe it is not even 24 hours but um naturally lily makes a point here and this was a point on the actual show was she says jay said these women sound like they were desperate they were desperate to be loved now remember one of them was just a friend she she wasn't in love with him. She was just befriended and trusted him in that way, in a, a friendship way. Whereas the first woman, she she got smitten. She got caught within the, the first couple of a uh, couple of days. First day, wasn't it? Yeah, the first day. First twenty four hours. That was it. He had her, and then when he stated that he was was in trouble again, it's that whole love connection i don't know if it's love i don't know if it's, it's, it's it is. the level of is that is that level of as i said she like you said she she, she had a connection mm. she felt because she said i had i felt a connection with this guy yeah i felt i could be with him i felt like we were going to have a relationship that i could settle down with him so mm. from those kind of statements it was clear to me that she had put trust yeah, in this him. guy yeah she had trusted this guy yeah and she was no longer thinking logically it wasn't with her head it was all with her heart now yeah and it was with the heart the funny thing is it's like he done it for, to so many women i mean 10 million pounds now that one first woman she she was swindled out of two hundred and fifty thousand pounds that's just one person and he was going they were partying he'd send the same pictures around to uh, specific people um, to uh, these women that he'd fallen in love with saying that oh they were trying to get to me that, that that his enemies are trying to kill him and they were just trying to help him out of a sticky situation which actually he wasn't in but they got sucked in so quickly that's it uh, i mean all the all if not just bar one comment on facebook there's only one person that says that they wouldn't take a loan out, but they could easily give over two thousand in that time. So that That's goes, still that goes giving to show. out the money, isn't it? It goes yeah. to show, but it also goes to show how how vulnerable. Because mm. these women weren't; these women were educated women. Yeah, they 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 were educated women. Some of them had a, their own business. They were degree. They had degrees. Some of them were in city finance. Yeah. Some of them were, were in major, major companies. So they weren't fools. Mm. So obviously, obviously it wasn't 
it wasn't anything that they felt they couldn't get out of, but yeah. they chose to stay in it. To stay in it. Well, Steve Salvari says, nope, I don't, I don't understand how people give thousands of pounds to someone they've fallen in love with online, but have never met. Complete bonkers. But... <laughs> Love is, they better say love is blind. Tinder Swindler shown us that it can be done. But the thing is, these yeah. women expressed that they had a strong connection with him. Mm. You know, one of them talked about, I, 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 thought, I thought I was in love. She thought she was actually in a relationship. Yeah. The other woman, although she was a friend, she thought she was, a, they thought they were tight. I mean, proper good friends. On it together. Yeah. So yeah. it's, 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 it's interesting to hear how they saw the relationship mm, how mm. they saw the relationship and it was the relationship was completely out of context for, yeah. for us looking in we thought this is this this is totally <laughs> off the scale they are not reflecting reasonable sensible people but they were reasonable but, but they were reasonable sensible <laughs> you know what i mean they came across educated uh, the way they conducted the interviews Mm. Um, they were calm they were collected they were thoughtful with with, with what they said but there I were points where they were in tears though, yeah man? there was but so that shows that it wasn't it, it was an emotional decision they all made emotional decisions yeah, yeah. it was all emotion um, so we, so so it'd be interesting to, to understand how people view this question because it is it's, it's it was all emotion but until you watch mm, you, the you actual documentary you, you 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 then you would have a, a clearer understanding yeah. from your own perspective what it was naturally says you can a few a um, few connections but don't connect your pocket to this to his bank account he has private jet. He could st he could sell that. The thing is, he didn't have a private jet. He N gave none of it, impression. None of it was his. Because um, and DiCarlo says they were chasing the lavish life. The thing is, they were the ones that were forking out for it, DiCarlo. And in the end, there was one woman that he was dating while all these other women were he was dating at the same time, and she cottoned on to what he was doing. And he had run out of money by this point. He didn't have no one else to turn to. She was funny. And he was, it was, was it was hilarious. But, but, because I, but it was interesting. I'm not, sorry, to, I didn't mean to cut you, but it was interesting. Even she had given him money. She had given him money. But she, she anyway, we're not going to give out any spoilers here because. Yeah, let them, let them watch like it. For you to go Please watch look, it. Please watch what it. what she done with his Gucci clothes because he was, again, all of his. Uh, he he. From head to toe, he would wear designer outfits. Unbelievable, right? Designer outfits, and they were proper designer outfits. But go and have a look and see what she she did, in order to claw back some of her money. And um, DiCarlo says, if he never showed money, they wouldn't have been in, interested. Th yeah, that's an interesting point because initially. That's what he showed them. He showed them the lifestyle. Yes, he did show them the lifestyle. The, the, so that was the hook. Yeah. That was the hook. Yeah. It was the lifestyle. Yeah. It, I'm not sure if it, it was like a, a ring of people that were involved in what he was doing. Oh, I'm not sure. And the thing is, guys, chasing the money, honey. <laughs> I hear you, DiCarlo. Yeah. Yeah, they chased it. But, they, but the thing is... They, I know it sounds like they were chasing it, but they were actually giving it to him. That was the weird thing. They they, they they were looking at a lifestyle that they felt 
they could become accustomed to that he would be paying for, but they were paying for it. The funny thing is, no one ever said, why don't you go to your father for the money? No one ever said to him, not one of those women said to him, you need to call your dad, your dad will get you out of this. Not one of them. And that's very true, yeah, wags, uh, it falls into the same category, footballers' wives syndrome. Is it a syndrome? I didn't know that. Giving to get back. Okay, so they thought that, that although that he's won, they, they've won his trust, they'll win his, they, they would win his trust back by giving them the money. Oh, so you're trying to say he, because he had won their trust, they felt they would then get his trust. It would be like yes. a, a two-way street. Yeah, it's an exchange, isn't an it? Exchange. An exchange. And again, yeah. it, that word comes up again trust yeah and the thing is because he showed them that billionaire lifestyle that's what it was they, they was they thought the he was good, was good for it he was good, good for, for the it. money he was i'm good for it i'm good for it that's why he kept telling them i'm good for yes, it i'll did. give it back to you i'm good for it don't worry everything is good yeah that's so crazy. there you go beautiful people um would you give out your money well the majority of you have said no and we never really looked at it from this point di carlo so thank you for bringing that up and yes. as well as Joanne, thank you yeah. and, and I think the women were were desperate for love I mean they were on Tinder not saying that everyone on Tinder is desperate for love but they just got sucked right in because right it's interesting they're on Tinder so they would have seen hundreds and thousands of men mm. <laughs> mm. Um, but yeah because of the pictures they saw of him in the way he was living his lifestyle, Helicopter, they swiped right. Yes, yes, swipe right. They swiped right. And guess what, guys? Sadly, so the long and short of it, he did get arrested, got taken back. And the sad and short of it is that he did serve some time, but he's back out there on the streets. And he's so back on Tinder. He's back on Tinder too, all right? So his name was what? David Levine or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, but he might have changed it. He could have changed his name, but please, um, if you're thinking of looking for love... <laughs> swipe <right>? left. If <laughs> you see... If you see, Swipe left. Swipe left. <laughs> swipe left because, you know, the, these women, they thought they loved him. Women get bombarded from men on date apps. Women get bombarded... Really, why do they get bombarded from um, men on date apps? Because, like, like this guy. Okay. They, they, they think that, because as I said, we, men are logical, women are emotional. Yeah. So if if you if you can get the right kind hook, of woman, yeah, the, the the right angle, yeah, the right angle. Men will chase, but if you, if the men chase and get the men right angle, yeah, you it's you're hooked. You're hooked. Wow, so as we can saw, as we saw by that documentary, and as, as Di Carlo said, men chase, and women get caught. I guess well, now, in, di- more, in more pr- in more predicaments well, than, than more, one, yes, I say. and I noticed with that um, when, when when they were swiping on Tinder, I noticed it mm. was all men. There wasn't a lot of women on there. I'm sure there is, there must much, be much, is. but I think there's more women in the world than there are men. Yeah, so. But it's okay. finding the right one. Okay, guys? Yeah, please don't find a Tinder swindler, please. <laughs> and, and the thing is, he's just one. That could be mm. one in so many. And don't just give over your money. Never, 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 unless, even if you're married, take mm. out a loan for somebody. Because these women are still paying it back. 
And as Dikala says, yeah, women need to feel wanted. Women do need to feel wanted. But don't be, be so desperate, as has been highlighted up there above, that you'll go to those lengths and end up putting yourself yeah. in such a predicament. Yeah, because basically they were doing it to try and keep him. That that money that that woman spent, that 250000 that she got, no, she could have bought a house with it. She'd be fine. She's still paying it back. Exactly. And got She's nothing to show for nothing it. Nothing to show for it. Nothing to show for it. But so, so, so you've got to be careful. It's not about, you shouldn't be going those lengths to keep a man. No way. If you're having to go those lengths to keep a man, you've got to think whether this man is really, really worth it. Yeah. And not taking out loans and stuff like that. No. Mm. The, the, where's the value there? It shouldn't be the lavish lifestyle, but knowing when you've got nothing and that you build together, that's something, isn't it? It's something for us to think about. We'll see y'all. Thank, thank you all for your comments. Yes, Appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. In five. This is the station with all your music in one place. It happens once a year. V Pi C and Affair. TC 40s birthday party. Saturday, 26th of February, 2022. Aboard the MV Golden Flight. Leaving Temple Pier, 7 p.m. sharp. Arriving back at midnight. Birthday cake and loads of giveaways on the night. Music from A-listed DJs, Alan Brando, Swaby Irie, DJ Pepper, Chairman of the Board, DJ Legs and the Birthday Boy. TC Fords. Tickets early by 25, standard 30, VIP 35 pounds. Available from shubs.com or eventbrite.co.uk. If it's your birthday, celebrate with us. Call 07511272227. Supported by Slam Radio and Discount Cars and Van Rental. Have you ever wondered if you could foster? Not every foster child has the best start in life. And when most people can only see their past, it takes someone like you to see their future. You can change their story. You can be the difference in their life. Fostering, a rewarding career with excellent pay. On average, £450 per week per child. Text FOSTER to 82727 or visit bythebridge.co.uk. We are by the bridge. We are fostering. Crystal, crystal clear. 100% solution. Produced locally. Makes me feel so proud. It's the best quality water. For you, for you, for you. Live your best life and make it. Free and a proud recipient of the 2018 and 2019 Grand Gold Month Selection Quality Award. Our choice is clear. Crystal clear. Broadcasting worldwide, online, 24-7. Oh, beautiful people. Remember, we are running a theme tonight in the music that we're playing. Can you guess the theme? My love and soul
saying hi to Pele. How you doing? Jennifer Hudson and I don't know if you know where that song came from uh, but this is the theme that we're running throughout the show tonight can you guess the theme and uh, let us know if you know what it is so the second question tonight Kenny uh, it is about morality and is morality relative to culture what would you say I think definitely if you I think it is because when you look at the cultures that that I, I like the, some of the cultures I've been exposed to, like mm. um, we've got Ju- Judaism, Stanford yeah. Hill, yeah, yeah. Mor- Excuse me, morality is important to them, they yeah. have their customs and cultures, um, like circumcision, um, um, doing the bar mitzvah. You know, do you know I mean, there's things within their culture that they do, yeah, that morally they they choose to do because it has always been part of their culture. Um, there are some cultures uh, like in Eritrea, uh, Ethiopia, um, and some parts, other parts of Africa about uh, gentle mutilation. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a culture. Um, although it's, it's frowned upon, and we know how dangerous it can be to the individual. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Nevertheless, it's still part of a culture. Yeah, and it says, as the social sciences began to be recognised in the 19th century, many thinkers developed a particular interest in the customs and morals of other groups of people. So in 1865, six years after Darwin's Origin of the Species, and six years before his descent of man, Sir Edward Taylor, one of the greatest leaders in the scientific study of humans, published this research in the early history of mankind and he believed that the study of ancient pagans and the study of uncivilized people and various heathen groups as they called them lived outside the scope of civilized victorian culture but they were living they were coming like you just said from totally different countries totally different demographics totally different to Victorian culture. And, yeah. and, and and when he says, when he talks about uncivilised, yeah. what what is deemed... An, civilised and uncivilised. What is deemed yeah. civilised and uncivilised. Yes, very true, very true. And it says it was Taylor's view that all people shared the same human capacities and mental potentialities and that there has been a progression or positive develop, development form ignorant or from ignorance savagery to civilized culture now that's quite funny in him saying that this taylor guy we're going to look at it mm. a bit more because they're more savage than the civilized what he would deem to say the civilized culture yeah but you got to understand when this was written as well yeah but I, i'm understanding when it was written this was written in the 1860s mm. and like so thereafter 1865 so yeah so 
the definitions they were using mm. weren't they weren't really true definitions. They it, weren't because he was coming from a, from his point of view. He was coming from a civilization that was cultured. Right. He was then going into other other areas, yeah. seeing people that he had never seen before act a certain way, and therefore it didn't it contradicted what he felt looked. Civilized. To so, himself, <laughs> civilised. So because in, in Victorian times they weren't, because they were, to a degree, which I want to go back into this ignorant savagery and civilised culture, they were actually uncivilised because they were the ones that were entering these territories with guns, with arms. Yeah, but they are. And oh, killing off the people. I, I hear what you're saying, but in their minds, their intention is that we've come from a civilised yes, nation. So you. therefore, we've come to civilise you. Right. When, in fact, they were uncivilised. Where the, their actions were uncivilised. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But in their eyes, they were civilised because they saw people who deemed for, to them... As savages. As savages. Right. Where they weren't savages. They were just living morally and culturally how their ancestors had taught them to yes, live. Yes, yes. And I, I, I love the um, what Ray Chanel said. She said um, it shouldn't be um, like morality shouldn't be relative to culture okay um, but some people will use culture to justify why something is right and again referring to a previously posed question just because something is legal as law doesn't mean it is morally correct for example things like female gentle mutilation which you highlighted being allowed in african cultures doesn't mean it's morally right or correct or people being able to marry and breed minors from as young as 12 legally in some other cultures there is a lot that doesn't sit right even though cultures are okay with these certain acts there's so much more but just a brief example really so you can two really great examples fantastic there. examples yeah yeah we've brought we brought another example is is marriage right you know in some cultures mm. um they can have multiple wives yeah as long yeah. as they can look after that wife in a way that the other wife's been looked after mm. they allowed to take on that 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 responsibility in some in, in some cultures but then if you come here with your multiple wives say and you wanted to be a christian man that leads maybe in some organizations then you'd have to let go of the others and only have one wife but see again we're talking about a western way of yes, looking at it yes in their culture or their civilization it's morally yes. it's fine because yeah. if it morally if it wasn't fine it it wouldn't go it wouldn't it wouldn't be or they, it would it wouldn't be okay yeah it, you know they would it, they would try and put just like gentle mutilation trying to put stop to it can't mm, do it mm. That's never. It's that's part never the case. Culture. It's, it's part. part it's culture. so ingrained in some of the cultures that yeah. taking on another wife is, is seen as not a problem, as mm. long as he can look after that wife in the way he looks after the other wife. Yeah, and Roxanne Roxanne Jones here makes a point. She says men seem to have full control over women here in Ghana. So um, Roxanne's in Ghana, and there are cases where the women can't do anything she wants, not even go go for a walk without her husband or see her friends. They say that the wife's friend should only be her husband and she belongs at home and isn't allowed to go to bars or drink or smoke. The man says he's protecting her. She just lives in his shadow. No freedom. So that's another form of culture, culture. versus morality. morality. Is morality relative to culture? 
well, in some cases, some some women would not put up with that in this country. We say no, but in this yeah. country, that's still happening. It does happen, Because in, yes. so, in, in some cultures, morally, um, the woman yeah. stays at home. Mm. The woman stays at home, cleans, cooks, look after the family. The man supposedly is meant to go out to work. But we know in some, some instances, the man still goes out to work but still doesn't really look after his family. But yeah. the wife is still obligated to do what she has to do. Yeah, yeah. Because morally, she knows that's right. Mm. Culturally, mm. he knows what he should be doing. But if you're living in a Western society, culturally, even though you come from another country, your 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 mindset can change. Yeah. And that this is it, isn't it? So should we then, if that's the case, when it comes to morality being relative to culture, just living within our framework of what we know and not bother about things such as that, that we've spoken of here uh, outside of our culture, things outside of what we're not used to. Do we have a right to go in and change how people do things? We, we don't have a right to interfere in people's lives mm. because at the end of the day, but we do have a right to speak up okay. when we know something is morally or culturally not right. Yeah, we have a right to speak up. Uh, we're and and that's the issue, isn't it? It's it's finding it's striking. It's the balance mm. because we have no right to knock someone's door and say morally you're treating that person wrong yeah. because yeah. or culturally you're you're not meant to be doing that because yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, but you we can on 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 platforms. Mm. Voice give our, our voice our opinion but should we have the right do we have the right to voice our opinion because it's not part of our culture yeah but just like that just like um the quotations yeah not in in 1865 he had no right yes to go true. into <laughs> where he went, went to and write this but he did yeah now he this was published now we can read it we might not agree with it yeah. And we can we can pick holes in it because of the time it's written. It's not really reflective on on the time we're living in now. Mm. But it's we still have the right to question it. Yeah, and this is the fact is that different cultures simply have different moralities. The moral the moral percepts of a given culture might appear as absolute to the individual who is acculturated in mm. that culture. Mm. Mm. So it's perfectly right for that person there. Mm. But this is a common error. Some social scientists respond critically to cultural relativism and challenge Herskovit on the question of colonialism and argue that cultural relativism, at least with respect to morality, has several highly implausible consequences. And these consequences, when understood, should lead to the rejection of moral relativism. Moreover, they maintain that certain particular practices must be supported by any society in any time and any place. So they're saying that the culture that someone's coming from, i.e. the cultures where they marry 12-year-old children to these old men, that that's their culture and you've got to leave them with it. We, can't, we can have an opinion on it. This is what I'm saying. We, we, we can have an opinion on it and we, 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 can, we can throw up our arms mm. and, and we can go on social media... And, and they can have TV programs and we can highlight it. Yeah. But do we have a right to them to go into that country and try and push to, for them to change the law and change the habits that 
that have been going on for generations. Yes. Yeah, I hear you. So you you've got you you got you got to wait up. You yeah. got to wait up. I don't. I I agree with you. It's not right. Mm. But for everyone that you want, every twelve or thirteen year old you save. Yeah, there's still hundreds more that are left. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And and he talked about cold cook cook. <laughs> what colonialism? Colonialism playing yeah. a part. Get my teeth in. Mm-hmm. And that did play a massive part because most of the naturalized world was colonized. Yeah. And yeah. it was colonized by the French, the Spanish, the English, uh, the English, so the British. The British. So, <laughs> and, and so, like you said, they came over and they brought over their way of yeah. thinking yeah. that these people have to be civilized. And you do see it, like when we travel again, when we travel to Africa, for Ego. instance. When we first started going there, so over 12 years ago, they wore their traditional dress, but mm. it was, it's been a very slow change mm. in their mentality and their thinking. I mean, mm. you could never get alcohol out mm. on the road. There was never mm. an off license or anything like that when we first went there. But the last time we went, they had started introducing these things mm. when gambians are very bad drinkers mm. they really can't hold their liquor mm. and so they've introduced their culture because that is part of their culture which is what i'm trying to say yeah I, and I, uprooted the the the, the natural or the yeah, civilization's yeah. culture culture right from underneath but this them. this this has been going on for thousands of years this yeah. is not this is not new mm. Um, this is not new. You you had all these colonial countries coming in, yeah, to India, Africa, Asia, mm. um, South America, bringing in this civilization, yeah, and and like you said, they've left their mark. They have left their mark, but there's still still some old cultural moral things mm. that these civilizations are still adhering to. But because we don't agree with it, coming from where we come from, we deem it's wrong. Yeah. And some of it is wrong. Some of it is wrong, and I, you know, you know, correct me if I'm if, if I'm <laughs> if I'm talking out of turn. But some of the, some of the cultural things we see are moral things are wrong. Mm. But we have to accept that these things have been in that particular civilization yeah. for thousands of years, for generations, generations, and it will continue regardless of whether we like it or not right there you we go. have no say in no, what these people do i think we still we know you got to have a say mm. because we're talking about some things that are not acceptable so we should still have a say and there should be organizations which they are mm. trying their best to educate people trying to change the way they think there's nothing wrong with that yeah but that's all you can do you can't forcibly make changes that's the only way you can make change yeah in these some of these cultures and so well it we even within the west indian culture we see things changing we see things you know before when, our eyes when you say change, what do you what do you mean by that just like i was saying i think i can't remember who i was saying it to like before in this country for instance mm-hmm. you could go into white household you remember like, oh, are you coming out, Johnny? Are you coming out? Um, uh, Kojo. Kojo, his, yeah, his, yeah. His sketch. And where the West Indian parent would say, you're not going out nowhere. Where's the, and the, the, the white or the 
white child would say to the would cuss off the parents. We used to see white children cussing off their parents. But that's something now that we see even in, in West Indian households. That was something Yeah, but we're talking about generational changes. That's 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 one generation that's, yeah. changing from another generation, changing from another generation. So we're getting further and further away from our culture. From our culture. Yes. That I'm not saying that's a bad thing because some of our culture wasn't exactly brilliant. You know what I mean? As but, in what? But like beating and beating, all that stuff. getting beating, yeah, and taking my packet money and doing things like <laughs> no, I'm, but but there are certain things that I sh- I'm sure a lot of listeners would have grown up in that they didn't particularly like. Growing yeah. up as a child, mm. and they wouldn't want to do the same thing to their child. So that's you know I mean, there's some things that they would want to change, but we are getting further and further away from culturally, yeah, from what what our generations used to do. We're trying to keep up some things, but some things just being lost are being lost. Yeah, you know, maybe the listeners have have their own opinion. You know, maybe you know they want to. What your thoughts out there? What listeners? your thoughts? Let us know. Let, please let us know. Let us know. But we have. Actually, come very, very close to the end of the evening. Wow, thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank yes. you for having me. Um, hopefully, naturally, Lily will be back in the hot seat next week. Nope, this is my seat now. Is it your seat? You guys can keep. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Naturally, yeah. Lily, you can, you can have it back next week. Yeah. You're more than welcome to come back. We missed you. We 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 did miss you. So I, I found like Sam Cook. Sam Cook. A quote from Sam Cook. And it's from his song, A Change Is Gonna Come. <laughs> We've just been talking about change. Mm. Is it change in a positive way? Is it change in a negative way? Mm. I'm not too sure. But it highlights there, it's been a long time coming, but I know a change is going to come. A change is going to come. It's the song on the album, Ain't That Good News, in 1964. The song was partly modelled on Bob Dylan's Blowing in the Wind and assumed almost anthemic importance during the rise of black consciousness or the black consciousness movement among the artists who recorded it were prince buster and most famous famously otis redden who dedicated the song to cook in concert so change i always say this we've got to be the change that we want to see all right so we've spoken on morality being relative to culture we know that culture well, is it relative? Well, we've seen no, because some people can come and switch and change the way that we do things, even though we may have been doing it for eons. And we've seen that when the British colonisers went into so many different countries and changed the views of people. We've also looked at, would you take out a loan for a person that you've fallen in love with after only a month? Well, the wisest thing is just to... to, to hold on to your hard-earned cash and I'm sure they will this guy he's still running around doing what he's doing he's calling himself a businessman now I hope he's earning his money honestly I mean he got out let out of prison after a very small spell in there but there are a lot of these Dave Levines around Can you wanted to say something yeah all I'm gonna say is don't let your heart rule your head yeah yeah and it's very hard when you love someone and you think that they're in trouble, that they're having issues or problems. We have to stick by stick by morals in the sense of if it's a man as well, if it's a man, that, yeah, we can help some people out. But if it's a constant, I mean, he asked a woman, 
first for a card, then for a loan, and he kept telling her to go and get loans out. I mean, you've got to use some form of sense to know when <laughs> when you need to stop. I'm just, I don't need yeah. to laugh. <laughs> said, West Indian parents, majority of the time, can't comprehend or accept change. That's very true. That's But is that the older generation of West Indian parent? Because now there's a new generation of UK black citizens that didn't like the way that our parents did things. So we change it. We changed in some ways, Ken. Yeah, I'm just saying, I understand what Chanel's, because basically, like you said, one generation did one thing and and, and then there's a massive swing to change, mm. but there's no middle ground. You've got to take some of the cultural things that you grew up with and, and, and bring them with you. Don't mean you, you can discard them. What you might have to do is just make changes to them yeah. and just make it better. Yeah. Just make try and make it better, but try and discard them the things that we, my generation, for myself, I can't speak for myself, grew mm. up with, there's some things that I would never get, get rid of. Because I think those things help me and, and all, I'm, all I'm doing is changing it because I know my kids are not me. Yeah. And they're living in a different time, a different space. Same with my grandchildren. Very different times. They're going to be growing up in a different time. So mm. what you do, you, 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 you just take it and just, you jig it a bit. Okay. But still trying to implement some of it. Yeah. Yeah, in but the best in a, way possible. More, more, a much more loving way. And Chanel yeah. says, yeah, but I'm talking born and bred West Indian, not being born in the UK and having a West Indian background. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Okay, yeah, yeah. so maybe yeah, yeah. What, if you're Jamaican parents or yeah, yeah. St. Lucian parents, yeah. Dominican, I'm, I'm not too whatever, sure, Dominican yeah. parents, yeah. I don't know, um, coming from that, because again, we only know UK kind of standards mm, mm, to that mm, degree. Mm. Well, I know, because you my know. mum came from Dominica, yeah. so I know exactly what she knows, and I understand what she's talking about. Yeah, yeah. And well, and that's what I'm saying, that I grew up with, with, with that kind of discipline. Mm. All I did was bring that, but just adapt it slightly, because my I can't treat, because they don't understand culturally the same as I, they... I would understand culturally because they're, they're growing up in a different, different time. Different generation, Different yeah. time. And even like the next generation after us, we still, yeah, 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 yeah instill yeah. certain things. We still instill certain things. But uh, so, my so, mum was quite liberal to, in some degrees, but quite really stern in other But that's good, ways, but that's good know? because, because mm. no, no, in the sense that, no, in the sense that, when you, when you, in the sense that you implement some of that in your own life, yeah. you take what you, you want out of that and implement it. Yeah. This is what I'm trying to say. Like my mum, there's some things I didn't agree with, but there's something she didn't, and, and like her work ethic. Yeah. She always worked. Yeah. Always worked. She never took nothing off nobody. She was always... And that's, and that's not you, a bad you, thing. That's not a bad thing. So there's some things I'm just talking like, about. Is that pertaining to culture? Or is that just... That's the that Western. No Western culture is like that. We, the, my dad generation, worked Indian hard. Men, some of the West Indian men come over here and they didn't. They used to just no. go to the betting shop. They, they and worked. Do certain certain no, things. No, they worked hard, but they worked hard for the bookie. Okay. They didn't work hard for the family. <laughs> There's a difference. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right, I hear you. Yeah. But not all of them. Not yeah. all of them. Yeah. You know, you're always going to get that cluster of, of of the minority. But that's not the majority. We're not going to tie everybody with the same brush, no. obviously. But there were a lot of them that came up and they worked very hard. Mm. And, and and if you notice, a lot of our generation, they worked very same. hard. Yeah. So there was some of that generation, culturally and morally, that they've taken and, and they've then spread their wings and they're trying to 
passed that on. Yeah. So there was still some good things change to has come, come out of that. Change has come. I must, yeah, I agree. Yeah. There's still some very good things that, that, that have come out of, of the generations past. In this country, I'm talking about. Yeah, and that's so true. Thank you so much, KJB, for stepping in tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me, Wimbo. Thank you for having me. Did anyone, did anyone recognise what the theme was tonight? I'm giving you sort of like one more minute while we're wrapping up here. I'm shouting out to all the DJs, George Flavors, um, DJ Slim, uh, Mark Philogene, DJ Laro. You can catch Laro from 8 till 10 tonight um, with his Vibe Show as well as Darnell and Charlie Muir tomorrow. Charlie's on from 7 till 9, and Darnell, the therapist, from 9 until 11. Also, not forgetting, please to check the schedule, because we have a DJ going live every single night, DJ 2 or 3 or 4, going live every single night. So check out the schedule on the allflavorsradio.com website. And just shouting out as well, yeah, all the new DJs that have jumped on board and thanking um, George Flavors again for this platform. Please don't forget as well, beautiful people, that we will be having a boat party on the 16th of July. So please put that in your books, put that in your diaries and say we're going. Tickets are very cheap and um, check out the All Flavors, the All Flavors website, not website, website as well as the group as well you can get all the information posted in there so thank you so much everybody give yourselves a nice round of applause as well because you always turn up every single time and support us here on the station so i guess now um the the theme for tonight was actually musicals so we had um because nat king cole was um in a few musicals we just thought that we'd start or have that as a theme that was running through the show tonight so we do hope you've enjoyed it and please um yeah we've got left to say i guess is we'll see y'all on On the the other other side side. good night good night take it take care